Parevces, Urachim Vort Miatzelek, Metzagrin. Yes, Aspid Tavit Medzorian M. Tif Make Ararat, Talijits. Thanks for joining me for episode 49 of Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Aspid David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge Number 1 here in Boston. I hope your January has been a positive and productive one. We've been in the deep freeze here in New England for a good part of this month, as has much of the country. I'll be the first to admit that there is nothing prettier in these winter months than a newly fallen snow. Even parts of Armenia have seen a lot of snow recently. A dear friend of mine from Bert in the Tavush region sent me a photograph recently of the city under a blanket of snow, and it was a beautiful sight. But having said that, I'll also be the first to say that despite the beauty of a winter wonderland, I can't wait for the warmer weather to arrive. Perhaps the winter weather is making you think about traveling, and in particular, traveling to Armenia. Visiting our motherland, and I speak from personal experience, is life-changing. Not only will your time there be both enjoyable and fulfilling, it will also be unforgettable. Our knights and daughters of Vartan Liaison, Gohar Palyam, told me last summer that she hopes that when people return home after a visit to Armenia, that they take a part of Armenia home with them. And she's right, at least where I'm concerned, for it happened to me. Ever since my month-long trip to Armenia in 2021, I've looked forward to going back. Thanks to COVID, both involving me and family members, a visa-related mishap, which was no fault of my own, and other issues, I had to cancel several trips to Armenia in both 2021 and 2022, many of them at the last minute. But I did go again for three weeks in October of 2022, and it was wonderful. Health issues prevented me from returning last year, but this year, it's my hope that I'll be in Armenia once again. In fact, I plan to visit a few times, including the entire month of September and a good part of October, during which I will join my fellow knights and daughters for this year's Veratats Haidenik pilgrimage. Armenia is beautiful in September, but it's also picturesque in January or any other month of the year. It depends simply on what you want to do there and how much time you have to spend. In our last episode, I introduced you to my friend and fellow video producer, Patil Tutunjan, who is the founder and host of The Armenian Traveler, a YouTube channel dedicated to helping us all become better Armenian travelers. With expert advice given in a very casual and entertaining way on everything, from the best ways to get around, what the options are when it comes to where you can stay, how best to exchange money, and of course, finding a delicious meal. We covered many of these topics and more in our last podcast episode. So if you missed that, make sure to listen also to episode 48 of Talking Vartan for part one. Today, in part two of our series, Visiting Armenia, I'll talk to Patil again, this time about sightseeing, the best ways to get to those historical and cultural sites, as well as your options for shopping and dining, indoors and outdoors, and much more. Now, while I was here in Boston for our conversation, Patil herself was enjoying a visit to Munich, Germany, and that is where she was when we spoke recently. We're talking with the wonderful Patil Tutunjan. She is the founder and the host 
of what to me is just a fantastic and invaluable resource on YouTube. It is called The Armenian Traveler, and I highly, highly recommend it for anybody who uh, is either contemplating visiting Armenia or has visited it and would like to learn more in preparation for their next visit because she does all of it. She's, she goes everywhere. She explains it. And the thing, Patil, that I love the most about your videos is that when I watch it, I feel like I'm walking. You basically have uh, a camera with you and you're, it's like a personal vlog in the sense that we see you walking, but we also see where you're walking and you are talking to us the entire time. So it's like we're walking. I feel like I'm walking with you wherever you happen to be. And very casually, and I'm learning something at the same time. And uh, you say things in a very conversational, very easy to understand way. And uh, so, again, I highly recommend it, folks, uh, to go to go to YouTube and to check out the Armenian Traveler. And it doesn't just deal with Armenia. In fact, uh, some of your more recent videos have dealt with your travels to other locations. I think most recently you've been to Cyprus. Am I correct? Yes, you got it. Okay. And you've also done videos from France, from Spain, from Canada. And are you? Do, will you be doing any during your time in Germany? Uh, actually, this specific trip, I'm not filming. I'm still okay. editing the videos I made from um, Los Angeles and Cuba. So stay tuned for those two um, little series coming out soon. Um, for this trip, I'm kind of trying to just be in the moment and scope out what I could be filming next time I'm here. And uh, there's a lot to be filmed. So um, probably soon I'll be back to do a series on... Um, Germany and uh, Prague even, I think that would be interesting. Oh, I think it would be very interesting. I look forward to seeing them. Well, you mentioned that that Google Maps works in Yerevan. It also works in other parts of Armenia too, as I found out from renting a car. When you're looking for a place to eat, we all have to eat. Mm -hmm. Many, many different options, In particularly starting in Yerevan. You've got everything from very high-end restaurants, cafes, fast food, and my favorite, what's available in the morning, early in the morning. And yes. yep, you and I do share one thing in common, Patil. I think it's okay if we let the whole world know about it. We are both coffee lovers. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And it's not the first cup in the morning, the best cup of the whole day. It is for me. It, it, the oh. day doesn't exist without. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, talk about what are the best ways to find places to eat in Yerevan, if that's where you're starting from, or frankly, in any of the cities in Armenia. I remember one of the first uh, times I would, first meals I had in Armenia in uh, my 2021 visit, well, it actually wasn't one of the first. I had been there for a week by that point, um, was I went to the Sherep, uh, which was right around the corner from the Marriott Hotel on Amirian mm -hmm. Street, you know, very high end. One of the best meals I ever had in my entire life. And in fact, it was so much food, I couldn't even finish it. You know, and then there's Jivan right across the street. No shortage of high-end restaurants there, the Armenian Tavern. There mm -hmm. are also, you know, for people who may be either on a budget or just, you know, want something a little faster and a little more casual. Lots of cafes, even fast food. And I have to ask this because I don't remember seeing it. Are places like McDonald's and Burger King in Armenia? Do they exist anywhere or can you not find places like that? No. So McDonald's doesn't exist and uh, Burger King used to exist, um, but they shut down all their locations, I think, a couple of years ago. 
you're not missing anything. But honestly, anything. not a huge loss. <laughs> no, because, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, because for that price, I know like these places are considered budget-friendly places in the U.S. and Canada. But when it comes to Armenia, because of all the delicious food that they have there and mm-hmm. uh, for the prices, if you compare the quality for the price, um, the local options are always much, much better. So, And I think that's the reason why they shut down because no one was going there. And frankly, um, they're better for so, you too. Because a lot of the food there exactly. is, is made organically and it's just far healthier and so much tastier. Um, well, I remember that when I was there in 2011, which was my first ever visit to Armenia, I went with my entire family. And uh, my cousin, I have, a, I have cousins who live in Yerevan, and they had us over for dinner. And they served these very small strawberries, organic strawberries. Now, here in the mm-hmm. United States, strawberries are gargantuan. They're gargantuan. Yeah. And the reason they're so darn big is because they inject them with this stuff and it just, you know, makes them bigger and all that. But it doesn't do a darn thing for the flavor. These little strawberries, yeah. which I'd never had, were bursting with flavor. Fantastic. Never had one since before. I have had them since, but I had to come to Armenia to find them. Therefore, you have access to really, even if you're not spending lots of money, to some really great tasting food there. How, what is the best way to try and find out what is available? I mean, over here, you just look, you could look online. Is that what people do over there? If you want to find either a nice restaurant or just where's the nearest cafe that will have something I could have if I want to stop by for lunch or a quick dinner? What are the resources? Where Everywhere I go, I look a lot. I rely a lot on ratings online and Google Maps and kind of reading the reviews. That's one thing I don't do in Yerevan because um, if you know one person or two people, then word of mouth already kind of starts to snowball and like you find out about the right places to go and uh, where people are eating. But also I want to mention, you said something about the budget, which a lot of people ask me, how much should I budget for Armenia? There is something for every budget. That's one thing I always mention. Oh, yes. Um, so there is something called Fouchette, which is, um, it's like a chain. There's There are a few of them. It's like a buffet where you go in and every day it's a different thing that they have. And like, it's a complete buffet that you choose which one you want. And then at the checkout, you pay for what you picked and put in your plate. These places I like because if you're going there for long term, but for example, I personally lived alone for a while in an apartment. It's actually more budget friendly for me to eat from these places than to buy all the ingredients and make uh, homemade food because it's it's really affordable to to eat from these places that are um, this style. And there it's not, um, you know, I know for me in Canada, when I'm eating from outside and fast food or things like that, I know it's not the healthiest options. But for these ones, it's actually Um, you know, like homemade food that they're making there every day. And then, you know, people are eating from it. So that's one option um, to have in mind. May I Um, I interject there? May I interject there? Forgive me, um, because when you along the lines of what you're talking about, on my last day in Armenia in 2022, which was my last trip there, my relatives took me to this giant mall, but the mall itself Mm -hmm. was closed. It was in the evening, but there was a like a food court there, but unlike any type of food court I had ever seen because they were, it was exactly what you just described, Patil, this buffet that had everything you could possibly imagine, high quality food, no fast food, junk food or anything like that. 
I mean, you could get a sort, you know, all sorts of meats and vegetables and poultry and seafood. I mean, they had everything. I couldn't believe my eyes. I feasted that night, I'll have you know. Yeah. It was just so good. And we don't have things like that in the States, at least not quite like this. It was very, very impressive. So I, I think you can agree that you can you can eat, no, you can pay a lot or you can pay a little for food, but no matter what you pay, if you if you really want to, you can eat very healthy food and very tasty food. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think it's um, you mentioned something very important that you find a lot of seasonal fruits and vegetables, like in the supermarkets. Even on the the street vendors will sell you. They will only sell things that are in season. Yep. I know, for example, like the big supermarket, like SAS um, and whatnot. They do bring sometimes things that are exp- uh, sorry imported like pineapples or thing, but when you look at the price, you already know what's imported and what's local. And I personally always just buy the local products because to your point, they, they taste very different. So if you're looking to buy a few things and do a spread at home, that, that is also an option. Um, but there's also the application menu, uh, menu AM. I don't know if you've used it or heard of it. I have um, not. there's also, um, there's also Yandex Eats and Glovo. Glovo, I believe, is European, but Menu AM is actually Armenian. Um, and it's just like, um, what is it, Uber Eats, I think, in the U.S.? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Postmates, I think, yeah. So sometimes I actually used to not just use the application to get food delivered to my house, but also to get inspired um, to look at the menus and see the prices and everything just on- online. And then I would pick the place that I want to eat at and go there. Um, but because it's a very centralized city, um, there are a couple of streets, actually three or four streets that by just walking there, you will see all the restaurants back to back. Um, for example, Sarian street, Cascade, um, Cascade, and you have Tumanian street, um, Amirian even there's a a few and Pushkin. Um, so those, those streets, if you just, and they're all walking distance, like one ends, the other one starts, Mm -hmm. um, you can just walk around and. People are friendly. You can ask the waiter at the at the door or the waitress to just show you the menu if you want to look at it. More more often than not, there's a menu in English. They will show it to you, and then you can just take a look and um, start from there, kind of formulating your opinions on what type of food you like and where do you want to stay. Uh, sorry, where do you want to um, eat a lot of the time? So there's to your point, there's a lot of options available when we're talking about Yerevan. Um, my personal experience, for example, Gyumri and Vanazor, the second and third largest cities in Armenia, you don't find as much diversity, at least the last time I was there, um, specifically Vanazor, Gyumri, you will find a lot of uh, burger options and, and whatnot, but mm-hmm. you will find more or less Armenian um, cuisine. So you, there are still restaurants, but they're more focused on the Armenian cuisine, which is still a good good to do, like to have that experience. I was shocked, but pleasantly shocked, when in 2021 I found out, and I found out too late, it was too late for me to go there on that trip, but I did go the following year, that there was a pub on Pushkin Street all about the Beatles. It was called the Beatles Pub. I could not believe it, and I'm just like, oh, because I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan from way back. And I said, I got to check this place out. And I did. And it was it was great. I didn't expect it. I mean, you walk in, they play Beatles music. I sang two Beatles songs while I was there. And it was, you know, which I didn't think I would ever have a chance to do. But to do that in front of an Armenian audience 
in Yerevan was like, wow, you know, wipe that off the bucket <laughs> list because it was it was so much so much fun to do that. But you mentioned uh, Vanadzor and Gumri and the other two large cities. In terms of getting there, now, you did a video on getting to these places, and you have ridden in both the Soviet-era trains that still exist, and they're still running, as well as more modern forms of of transportation. Mm -hmm. Uh, An acquaintance of mine who uh, has been to Gumri, in fact, uh, she says it's it's one of her favorite places to go, had suggested taking a Soviet-era train out there, just for the experience of it all, you know? Yeah, you've done that. What's is it? What's it like? Definitely, I've done it for the experience as well. The what I do recommend is bring you know those airplane pillows that you use for your <laughs> neck. Yeah. Bring one of those, uh, but to sit on. Um, the chairs are definitely not comfortable. They're like just wooden um, chairs. But other than that, yeah, the experience is fun, um, and it's uh, there is obviously the faster train option, but um, there is also a price difference between both. Um, if you are going to ride the faster train option or the more modern one, I still recommend taking the GG shuttle there if that's what you're going to do. It's just much more efficient when it comes to the price and comfortability. But I do recommend taking the um, the Soviet train for the experience, at least for the one way. Sure. I'm looking forward to trying it and, and uh, going there this year uh, when I return. Um, it's just one of those things where everybody says, it's really great. You've got to try it. And so, yeah, I'll try it. I enjoy it. I want to talk about entertainment right now. And I, one of the videos that you did, you're walking down the street. And the very first thing you said was, you want to learn about what's going on and things to do and all of that? And you literally pointed to a flyer and placard that was right there on the yeah. street where you were walking. And I know, and when you said that, it all, it came right back to me. My God, that's right there everywhere. Yerevan particularly, but throughout Armenia, but if you're staying in Yerevan, there are so many things to do uh, in terms of uh, entertainment. Everything from, you know, going to the cinema, going to the opera, going to the ballet, going to musical concerts and all of that. And the good part is you don't have to travel far to do any of those things. Yeah. What are some of the different ways? Now, I know that there is a a website that 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 I had heard of that, and I will give credit where credit is due. Um, my dear cousin in Yerevan, Anna, told me about, which is called uh, Tomsar. dot am t o m s a r k g h. dot am. And on this site, I saw literally um, subtitles, subviews for everything. On you know, there was one for concerts there was one for sports there was one for opera there was one for you name it every Mm -hmm. genre that you could possibly want to uh, participate in or go see was there so you can find out online and by the way it's also available in English which was of course a big help to me but if you for example if you're in Yerevan Patil and uh, how would you find out what's the best way to find out if for example and I'm going to give you my example and tell me what your advice would be, okay? I have always wanted to see the Guyana Opera. And it yep. plays, actually, in, in Armenia rather often, you know, at least, at least once or twice mm-hmm. a year. What would be your best way of finding out when and when it would be and how to get tickets for that? For the opera specifically, I, I also do recommend uh, if people are going to Yerevan for the first time even, um, or especially if it's for the first time, to definitely go um, 
be like be at at least one uh, opera show because it's very affordable. Um, I know when we hear opera, we think like, oh, it's, it's going to be like two hundred, three hundred dollars because that's how it is um, in Canada. Um, but it's it's definitely um, a must, I think, to have that experience. Um, they have a website. Um, I want to say it's opera.am, but I could be wrong. Um, there's also a little booth outside at the entrance where they help you with the, um, it is, I, okay, I just double checked. It is opera.am. So it's very simple website mm-hmm. to go check what they're, I believe you can also buy tickets online. Um, but they also have a little ticket booth, um, outside at the entrance where they would help you and, um, let you know what the times are. And you can also pay there to buy a ticket. Um, and you can buy it in a very short uh like short notice like you can buy one now to watch the show at night or tomorrow so it's you don't have to plan it far in advance um so that's definitely advantage and that's actually an advantage for a lot of the events in in armenia you don't have to plan far in advance for much of anything um you can be very spontaneous you can be at the beatles bar and uh, you will make friends there because that's how people are over there and then they will say are you coming to this event and like what event and then you'll find out about events that way too um another one i want to mention is the official tourism website armenia.travel that's the website and they have an events um section on their website Um, with all the events that are happening. And because it's the official tourism site, I feel like these are very much like vetted events. Um, You know, you can trust information there and um, see things that you didn't even think of looking up to ask people like, is there this type of event? But there's a lot of cultural events, uh, uh, music festivals, um, things that are happening even citywide because I don't know if you've ever been there for like Vartavar, the festival where they throw water at each other. I, um, I know about but, it, but I've never had a chance to experience yeah, it over there. there. No, I've seen you have the, though. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah, I've, I've seen done, that video. <laughs> I've done one in the village and one in Yerevan, and they were very different experiences. But people over there like to celebrate holidays citywide so um this this website will definitely give you an idea of where to be for certain events and um you know just understand what's happening Uh, there's a lot of festivals that happen that are cultural we have a lot of wine festivals that happen um throughout the year there's one during the harvest time which is fall in october ish um and there's one in june that happens every year which is um yerevan wine days and the entire street of um Sarian and parts of the streets of Tumanian is all blocked for, you know, wine vendors and people just get drunk on the streets. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, there's so many like fun events this way that you will find, uh, find out of uh, through this, the Armenia.travel website, which is the um, official tourism website of Armenia. Shopping. Let's talk shopping for a yes. minute. All right. Now, <laughs> there's a difference between like grocery shopping and shopping for everyday necessities. And for those who come to Armenia who may want to go home with a souvenir or two. I remember in 2021, I actually had purchased a couple of carpets from the Megarian uh, rug company in Yerevan. And uh, because that was where the Knights and Daughters of Vartan held its Veratats Heidenik banquet. And uh, so while we were there, I said, mm, that looks interesting. I like to buy a little rug like that and bring it home. And I did. And it was it's great. One place that I went to and I, it was the last day of my 2021 visit was the Vernissage. Did I say that correctly? Correct my pronunciation. You did. Of, of, OK, Vernissage Market, an outdoor market. 
And for people who've never been there or don't know anything about it, describe it in a few sentences and what kind of things they have there. Yeah, so um, similar to what you would um, kind of, it's not a farmer's market because there's no produce there, but it's basically a long street of um, local vendors and it's it's pretty large. I actually remember mentioning how large it was in one of the videos, but I forgot now. Um, it's pretty large that you walk um, across like the different vendors and they have some of them handmade products that they made themselves. Um, some of them are just related to like Armenia products. So it, it's the perfect place to buy um, souvenirs. You will find um, things that maybe you've used while you were like utensils or things that you've noticed at restaurants, you will find them there that um, are local, like local related. Um, one advice I would give before going there is to have change with you and have cash because um, it's only in cash. Um, and also you are more than welcome to hackle uh, or like, you know, um, is that the right word? Hackle? Yes. Like, you know, yeah, to, you, to negotiate yeah, a fair price. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also not to buy from the first uh, vendor, like, you know, walk around as much as you can, ask for different prices, and then you'll find the best price because there's a lot of them that sell very similar things. But yeah, it's a place where you'll find even like salt shakers, coffee cups, um, wooden, there's a lot of like wooden instruments that are handmade, bags, t-shirts. So it's a combination of handmade and also some I maybe like not as much handmade but you know Armenia related things one thing I liked about it when I was there was that you walked you know they had all these vendors one right after another but they didn't hassle you they didn't you know they didn't come out and, and start giving you a hard time about buying from them and all of that because that to me is a complete turnoff and I would have just turned and walked yeah. away but they didn't do that there you know they answer questions if you have them in my broken Armenian, I tried to find out about certain things, and, you know, they, they were very, very nice about it. And if I'm not mistaken, is there not an indoor market where they sell, you know, like a large area where they have, like, you know, organic fruits and vegetables and dried fruits and other things of that sort? I've seen that on um, a couple of different television programs about Armenia in the past. Do you know what I'm talking about and where that would be? Yep. Yeah, it's the Gum Market. So it's, um, well, I want to say walking distance from the Republic Square. Um, it's definitely walkable and it's a large, and you, you described it perfectly. I made a very, very, very short video on that one. I don't even think I speak in it much. It was one of my first videos where I just walked around it. Mm -hmm. um, but when I go back, I'll definitely make a more elaborate one where, um, yeah, they have like dried, fr dried fruits, uh, meat, um, spi like spices. So if you're looking for things like you can also buy a lot of gifts from there because um, a lot of the packages, they would have it in a way where you can travel with them. Um, so if you're looking for um, like even basturma or sujuk that you've ate um, and you want to take back home with you, um, that's a great place to go to do that. To do that. So it's G-U-M, Gum Market. Thank you so much. We're talking with uh, Patil Tutunjan. She is the founder and the host of the really terrific YouTube channel that is called The Armenian Traveler. You can find it, as I said, on YouTube. And there are scores and scores of videos there that uh, have been recorded over the last couple of years in which she covers pretty much every facet of travel in Armenia and to Armenia, uh, including some really terrific tips on things, some of which we've discussed here, that you should know before you even get on that plane to fly to Yerevan. And she brings with her a lifetime of travel experience 
and uh, to be able to share those with us in very enjoyable, entertaining, and informative uh, videos, uh, which uh, are not very long, but boy, they, they pack a lot of information there. So I highly, highly recommend that, the Armenian traveler. Speaking of travel, uh, Patil, there are some wonderful places to see in Armenia that uh, some of which I've seen uh, in my travels, uh, you know, everything from uh, the Garni Temple to Gerhardt and the Symphony of Stones, which for some people who don't know is this uh, incredible formation of um, stones that literally look like they're hanging down, almost like an organ loft in a church. Um, absolutely beautiful to see. Um, there's Horvirab. There's so many different places in, in Armenia that uh, you can get to. And, and most of them are day trips or can be day trips. And for people who would like to go out and see some of these places and are not renting a car, which, you know, that's what I would do. But again, for those who are not renting a car, what are their options in terms of getting out and being able to see some of these beautiful sites? That's that's a great question. I think, um, like I was mentioning earlier, yeah, the taxi is definitely one option. There's also a couple of stations where you can go that will take you to, um, I think one of them was called the Northern Station, if I'm remembering correctly. And there's uh, those little micro buses that take you to the main destinations like Dilijan, right. um, Ichavan, you know, like to different parts. Uh, but what I also want to mention, if you're looking to go out of Yerevan to as much as places as possible, the best um, resource to look at is the Hike Armenia app. Um, whether you're a hiker or not, um, they provide... First of all, there's a list of all the kind of main things that you could see and then the trails that connect you to those locations. So even if you're just going to hike for like a short, um, it mentions on the application if it's um, a three kilometer, if it's an easy uh, or difficult hike. So if you're not a hiker, but you want to hike to this location, because a lot of the monasteries are only accessible by foot. Oh, is that so? I didn't know that. Yeah, not all of them, but there's a lot of them that are the not as very touristic ones that uh, I personally like to visit the ones that are not visited by uh, every single, like if I go there, it's not going to be crowded. Me too. Um, there's a lot of them in the Lodi region, which is one of my favorite regions in Armenia. So if you um, get to those major destinations and then you can walk to those places and the application will tell you um, of everything there is there to see with a little description as well as the guest houses that are connected on that trail. So this could be a great way for you to um, go out of Yerevan and explore everywhere there. It's, it's an absolutely for free application. They also have an office in Yerevan where you can go there and they can uh, give you like tips and information again all for free um, and it's a great resource to have so keeping that one in mind this is the um, if you want to explore by yourself kind of uh, option um, other than that there's also a couple of companies that do tours like Hure, um, which is h-y-u-r um, there was another one. I'm forgetting the name one, uh, one, well, one way tours. I wouldn't say they're, they were my favorite. I went on a couple of tours with them when it comes to their customer service, but I think it's because it's very affordable. <laughs> Maybe they, you know, cut some corners when it comes to that, but they do a great job of packaging together, um, you know, in this region, in this area, what are all the things to see? And then they will take you there. 
Um, and most of what they do is the transportation. So you're really paying for the transportation more than, you know, having like a tour guide that will explain everything there for you. So they take you there. Um, you can do a little bit of research online of what you're about to see. They will also tell you, obviously, if you have questions and they have descriptions on the website. But once you get there, um, you can also explore, explore a little bit by yourself. They will give you like, you have 20 minutes here and then you can explore and get back to the car. So if all you're really looking for is the transportation. You can do something like this. I've done that before. Um, but if you're looking to do the whole thing by yourself, um, going to like a Hike Armenia website or the application or even the office, they even help you on what are the best buses to go to specifically that region, what to see there, where to stay there, all of that. Now, if you're going to a place like, you know, a very place, a place that's touristy, which is, you know, Garni and Gerhardt and places like that, mm-hmm. um, one thing I notice every time you, I'm walking around, especially in the center of the city, there are these yeah. parked minivans, and they have yeah. little photographs of every single tourist location in Armenia on the side of them. And their driver is standing out there having a cigarette. And yeah. so, I mean, should people just walk past these things? Or I mean, I don't know anything about them, but I have seen them everywhere mm-hmm. I go. Um, are you much better off going through uh, a different resource if you want to go to see some of these other places? I'm not talking about the hiking right now, but some of the other more well-known sites or even lesser-known sites. Yeah, yeah. Def, I, I personally don't recommend um, getting in one of these cars. I think um, the price is not set from beforehand, so maybe what language you speak might change that price uh-huh. or, um, you know, it's going to be a long road. You know, you're, you want to make sure that this is a trusted person, um, that has been vetted out. So what if, you know, you don't like them, um, for me personally, I, I, when I needed to go to a few different places and, you know, I, I went with the, the, these tours online that I booked and, you know, you just show up to the meetup point and, and it's just much more organized for my liking, uh, but I mean, I haven't heard any bad stories from people who took those vans, but also I don't know what that experience looks like. So I don't, I'm not too comfortable recommending it. Then you shouldn't. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I yeah. wholeheartedly agree with you. You've done a lot of different things. You've experienced a lot of different things. And one of the things I love about your videos on the Armenian Traveler is that you don't do anything on your videos that the rest of us could not do, especially if we are, if we make, you know, we plan carefully. So everything you do is like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going, I'm doing this zip line thing here, but guess what? You can do that too, you know? And, and I watch that by the way, a couple of times, cause that's something I've always wanted to do, <laughs> even at my somewhat more advanced age than you. Um, I've always wanted to try that. And, and I will, that is on my Armenian bucket list to, to, to get on a zip line and, and try that out. But you know, there's, I think there are a lot of things about Armenia that people don't even realize because in it, as, again, it depends on the time of year that they're there. You know, they're mm-hmm. skiing. They have ski resorts in Armenia during the winter. There are great places to swim in the summer. There are wonderful sporting venues. You know, you want to watch a, a really great football or soccer game, as we call it over here. Plenty of chances to do that in Armenia if you're a sports fan. And... I think that the important thing is that people really try to open up and broaden their perspective because there really is, as you've said 
countless times in your videos, and, and, and I emphasize right now, there's something there for everyone. And it really just mm-hmm. depends on, on your willingness. And one thing that I've always tried to do, Patil, and, I, and I, you sound like you're pretty much the same as me, is that when you visit a foreign country, and, and this is certainly my case when I visit Armenia, you, you become a temporary local. So you yes. try to ingratiate yourself and, and, and sort of acclimate yourself to the local culture and do the things that they do, eat the food that they eat, you know, not necessarily going to all the touristy places, but getting off the beaten path and seeing what the real country or city or village is all about. And I remember doing that. Have you ever been to Venice in your life? No, but it's on my list for sure. It's one of the most beautiful cities you'll ever see. And there are the places where everybody goes, the Rialto Bridge, St. Mark's Square, places like that, you know, the Grand Canal. And when I was there, and this was a while ago, uh, 2012, I believe, was my last time there, you literally just get off the beaten path and just walk down these tiny little narrow streets you can't get lost over there because every single street that you have will eventually get you back to the Grand Canal. You know, you cannot get lost in Venice, which is wonderful because it's an island anyway. But you you just get down and, you, and I found this little tiny hole in the wall. Well, Western expression, I'm sure you've heard. And and it was a little tiny family owned restaurant. And the, you know, the, the menu was in Italian only and had the best pizza of my entire life in that place. It was <laughs> unbelievable and and you felt like you were really in you know you were part of the local culture because this was not a place where the tourists went you know and it wasn't that far a walk but you was a little bit you know and armenia and all the traveling that i have ever done and all the countries i've ever been to and i can say this in all sincerity from the first day i was there I was there in 2011. I was with, you know, 15 other people. It wasn't the same. When I arrived there on my own in 2021, the first day I was there, I felt at home. No other country has ever Mm. made me feel that way. I felt instantly welcome there, and I felt instantly comfortable there, despite the language barrier, you know, because I don't speak fluent Mm -hmm. Armenian, but I had no problem, and I loved every minute of it, and I hated leaving. But it also means I look forward, yeah. I look forward to going back. Talk about, and we've all done this, Lord knows I have, in all of your travel experience, and particularly in Army, talk about a mistake that you've made or something that just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. And tell me how you learned from that and what you learned so that the next time it did go right. Um, sure. I, I actually have a couple of uh, couple of stories on this one, but I'll start with the the more recent one. Um, I've learned that apparently I'm not supposed to go hiking by myself um, without at least having like a bear whistle because I actually came. Um, I saw a bear while I was hiking by myself in Armenia. Um, Is this in Armenia? In Armenia. Okay. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> and um, it was. Honestly, like I thought I was on a on a trail where bears are not in that area. Um, and it was only a six kilometer uh, hiking. And I, the, the scary part of it is that I was actually going to go camping. Um, so I was hiking to the campsite that I was camping by myself there. I actually didn't know that I was going to be camping by myself when I 
booked that whole thing. Um, but when I arrived, it turned out that I'm camping by myself, very close location from where I saw the bear. Um, and the funny thing of all that is I actually used to work at the hiking office. Um, and it was very accessible for me to take like one of those bear horns or bear whistles or I don't know yes. what they call them but you know just have it with me but I didn't think I will see it and I had um a meat sandwich in my bag oh, which no. maybe wasn't the greatest idea <laughs> oh, no. so that was yeah that was definitely an experience um thankfully the bear didn't see me he was playing with the tree and I just like kept I know I was filming during when this was happening and I remember just like very silently putting the camera in my pocket and just like walking very fast because the other side of me was a cliff so um, thankfully we avoided that part but what i want to say is if you're if you're planning an adventure like that for me it's a lesson that i've learned to make sure as i'm not a hiker at all like i just it happened that i was hiking that day but i don't you know i don't see myself as a seasoned hiker i'm not experienced very well but you know, I was, it, it was just a once one experience that probably I will not do again. But <laughs> what I want to say is that if you're planning on doing something like that, make sure to ask all the questions and um, ask people who have more experience than you and make sure to have all the tools that you need with you because more, more probably it's more accessible than you think they are, um, these equipments or whatever, whatever you need for whatever adventure you're going to be doing. So that was definitely one thing that I've learned from. Um, and the other one was, um, uh, what was this, this um, hitchhiking, that's the word. Uh, I also hitchhiked once um, with a friend um and also it was not a great experience um i know we say like armenia is a very very safe country um and the reason for that is because especially if you're out in the villages everybody knows everybody so no one would necessarily you know there's a whole reputation involved it's a very cultural centric um country yes so people really behave themselves um i i found so it's not necessarily um you know scary place to be trying to experience new things. It's actually one of the safer places, but I think I didn't have experience. It was my first time doing it. And uh, when I didn't like what the driver looked like, I should have just said no and not get in the car. Um, but having that kind of confidence in moments where you listen to your gut feeling is important and uh, making sure that if you're not comfortable in a situation to end it, stop it, having that confident confidence versus being scared that, it's going to be awkward to say no now, like after we stopped the car. Of course. It would have been much easier if we ended it then than if we, you know, that we got on and then we actually ended up running away after. Um, so my learning from that was really always listen to to that, like, you know, there's sometimes like a pit in your stomach or that, that voice in the back of your head that's saying like don't be in this neighborhood or don't walk into this bar or or you don't get don't get into this car even though you stopped it yeah. um no matter what that gut feeling is no matter what country you're in there's a reason for that feeling so just listen, listen to it to and trust gut, yeah. it and exactly and i know this is a very specific example but you know it could happen in any situation so my my takeaway from that was not to um feel embarrassed to like stop a situation that I'm, I have a feeling it's just not going to be going well. Excellent advice, uh, Patil. And, and I agree with you completely. What are your 
travel plans, at least those that you can talk about uh, in the months ahead? I know that you're in Germany right now and that there are perhaps a few other places that you would like to see. Do you have any countries on your bucket list that you really want to see that you have yet to visit that uh, not even necessarily to make videos, but you just would like to go there at least once in your lifetime? Yeah, I um, there's actually uh, a few of them. Um, I really want to visit Morocco at one point and live there for um, maybe like a bit longer time. Um, I would love to go to Thailand, but I'll definitely make videos when I go here because I think there's going to be so much that I want to react to as it's happening and, and share with everyone. So hopefully those will happen soon. Um, I definitely, it's not a bucket list, but it's, I, it's more so something I really want to do soon again is go back to Syria and make more videos there about um, the school that I went to um, and maybe even share like the house that I grew up um, in, make, make a little video about the Armenians that are still living there and um, some of the restaurants that are still running that I used to eat there when I was a kid. So that's definitely something I want to do. But after Germany, uh, the next stop will be back to France. And I believe it would be either Cyprus and then Armenia or just Armenia directly after. Um, again, not very much set in stone, but that's kind of the direction we're heading in right now. Vous parlez français, Patil? Uh, un petit peu. <laughs> oh, très bien, très bien. Merveilleux. <laughs> In Yerevan, you have visited a number of different uh, cultural locations and museums. I saw one video that you did on a museum that's been a favorite of mine on my last two visits, which is the uh, the Sergei Parajanov Museum in Yerevan. Do you have a favorite museum or a favorite place of culture in the city that you enjoy going to? That actually was my favorite museum as well was that it? I... Yeah. Um, went to yeah that was definitely different atmosphere inside and just kind of transforms you into a different world so that happened very spontaneously um i just woke up one day and decided to go to that museum and um i'm very glad I, that i did so that uh, that is definitely one of my favorites there is another museum and a house that i went to Not, it Lucic, thank you that's it that's it uh, i believe it's aguletsi aguletsi that is ex- you're exactly right i i went there and i absolutely loved it uh, lucic aguletsi we went with the knights and daughters of vartan and uh, we had a, a wonderful tour first we had a beautiful dinner there that they prepared for us and then we went through this whole place and and we spent a couple of hours there i could not believe what this artist had done in her life. She did everything. I mean, the sculptures and the paintings and the embroidery and the the costumes that she made and even the photographs that were taken. Just extraordinary. And it really felt, and I mentioned this in a video podcast that I did very shortly afterwards, is that when you walked through there, it was almost like she had just stepped out for a couple of hours and she'd be right back. That makes sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. And there's actually an interesting story of how I ended up there. I'm I'm sad that it's not more popular. I actually haven't heard about it until um, the reason why I was there. I was going to film. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Ginge Band. Um, so the lead singer of that band is a friend of mine. And they were about to film a new music video. So she said, do you want to do an episode on that? So I said, of course, that would be interesting. I ended up making the episode and she said the place where we're going to do um, hair and makeup and getting dressed is at that museum. I said, what is this place? And I ended up there and I'm just looking. It was very, very early in the morning. It was like 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning. 
And I said, where am I? What is this place? And then they ended up taking me on the tour and I filmed a little episode on it. And it took, I, I was just so blown away that I hope it becomes more popular and more and more people visit for sure. I do too. I, I absolutely loved the visit there. And I, and I look forward to going back again someday, if not with the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, then just on my own, because it's definitely, definitely worth a visit. Patil, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending so much time with me today and uh, talking about your incredible experiences in travel. And uh, again, you are the founder and the host of The Armenian Traveler, which is an outstanding YouTube channel. I keep coming up with different adjectives for it because I, I really, not just because I have a career in television and video, but I highly, highly recommend it because it is a very interactive and very informative and entertaining way of finding out all about Armenian travel. In fact, travel anywhere for that matter, because much of the advice that you give with regards to Armenia can apply to almost any country that you're visiting. But all the different places and all the different experiences that you've had, good and bad, that you've discussed in the videos can only help us to learn and become better travelers. And, and that to me is the most important thing. And so it's a wonderful contribution that you're making. And again, I highly recommend just get on your computer, your laptop, your iPad, your phone, whatever, and go to the Armenian Traveler on YouTube and you will not be disappointed. In fact, you will be watching and watching and watching because there's so much to see. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with uh, my friends in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. It's been our pleasure to have you on. I wish you the best of luck in all of your future travels and look forward to seeing the results of those travels on future videos and all of that. I would say because of, let's see, the time of where it is right now, as of this recording, it's evening where you are in Germany. So I will say good Nacht, but of course, Pari Kisher and Shad Shun It has been our pleasure. Thank you. It's been so much fun, and I really appreciate you having me on. My very special thanks to the founder and host of The Armenian Traveler on YouTube, Patil Tutunjan. Patil, when I visit Armenia later this year, and if you're there at the same time, choose your favorite coffee shop. It's on me. I also want to thank my wonderful cousin, Anna Achigian from Yerevan, for the invaluable information that she also provided for this podcast. And I look forward to seeing you and our whole family during my next visit. Finally, regarding travel to Armenia, I hope that you'll consider joining your fellow knights and daughters of Vartan in Armenia this September for our Veratats Haidenik, our return to the fatherland. It's an unforgettable opportunity to see how the efforts of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan have borne fruit in our homeland. We'll visit several of our project sites and meet the people in Armenia who have worked with us and also those who have benefited from our work. It's a very inspiring experience and I say that because I've been there and I've seen it with my own eyes. We will also tour some important historical and cultural sites Enjoy lots of fabulous, authentic Armenian meals, plenty of sightseeing, and we'll enjoy each other's fellowship, which is among the most important things of all. The beautiful Armenia Marriott Hotel in Republic Square, where our Knights and Daughters of Vartan office is also located, 
we'll have a special low rate for those of us who are attending and want to stay there. The rooms are fabulous. I stayed there myself in 2021, and the buffet breakfast that is included is a great way to start the day. Now, the discounted room rate will actually begin a few days before the official Veritas Heidenik begins and will last for a few days after our farewell banquet comes to an end. So feel free to arrive early and or stay late, or even both. There is so much to see. So feel free to arrive early or stay late, or both. There is so much to see in Armenia, and our liaison is right. You will take a piece of Armenia home with you. There will be much more about the Veratats Heidenik trip in the months ahead, including the actual dates once they're finalized. So keep your eyes open for that in our e-newsletters and on Knights and Daughters of Vartan social media. Now, before our Veratats Heidenik pilgrimage in September, and especially for those of us here on the East Coast, I hope you'll join us for this year's annual commemoration of the Armenian Genocide, sponsored by the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. This year's commemoration will be on Sunday, April 21st. And it will be held, as always, in New York City's Times Square. It is an event that Armenians of many generations make the effort each year to attend. A commemoration featuring both eloquent words from religious, political, and organizational leaders, including this year, Avak Sparabed Hunan Arshakyan and Avak Didui Nancy Barbarian Thompson. We will also be treated to music and dancing by both adults and children that will both touch your heart and renew your spirit. For those of you unable to attend, you can still participate in the commemoration. I'll be providing extensive live coverage on Knights and Daughters of Vartan social media, including Facebook and YouTube, as well as the Talking Vartan Facebook page and YouTube channel. That will be on the afternoon of Sunday, April 21st, and there'll be much more on that coming up in the weeks ahead. I also hope that you'll join your fellow Knights and Daughters of Vartan this July in Fresno, California, as Yeprad Talij and Alitz Otyag host this year's Grand Convocation. Now, the official dates are Thursday, July 11th through Saturday, July 13th. But as with the Veritas Heidenik pilgrimage, you're encouraged to come early and stay late and enjoy the beautiful California weather and the fellowship with your fellow Knights and Daughters of Vartan. Fresno in 24, our Knights and Daughters of Vartan Grand Convocation. We hope to see you there. There will be much more on all of our upcoming events in our newsletters and, of course, Knights and Daughters of Vartan social media. And we are everywhere when it comes to that. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, X, formerly Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and of course our quarterly digital and print publication, Avaride. All of our Knights and Daughters of Vartan Media, with the exception of this podcast, is managed by Liaison Kohar Palyan, whom you can reach directly with photos, articles, and questions at knightsofvartan at gmail.com. And you can reach me, Asped David Mitzorian, just as easily if you have a question, comment, or, and I would really love this, a suggestion regarding the podcast that you're now listening to. You can reach me at Talking Vartan Podcast, that's one word, Talking Vartan Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks as always to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lord Kilorki, from his album, 
one take, Armenian dance songs. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and me, Asped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Osped David Medzorian of Ararat Lodge Number 1 here in Boston. We'll see you next time for our 50th podcast episode. Until then, Shinoda Galem Sireli Paregamner.